Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Hey everyone, this is Prophet Ashley kicking off tonight's broadcast with you with ABCs of Apostleship 2, Discipling Apostolic Christians. And last week we were kicking off with Dr. Price talking about soul cures and the premise for this scripturally organic, culturally unmodified doctrine. A very powerful thing. I would say that one of the most amazing privileges of being a part of the scripturally organic, culturally unmodified doctrine is you get to learn Christ as he is. What in the world did God have in mind when he was putting this scripture together? And what is our role in that? So many Christians are confused about their Christianity, not because Christianity is confusing, but because we have not been taught the truth. And that's why we're confused, because we are not confused on what was actually written. We're confused on what we were taught erroneously, the holes and the gaps of the gospel very confusing. We're going off of what we've been told, not off of what is. And I can't even stress that enough about the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The last person on the planet that's confused is God. The earth is not confused. Gravity is not confused. The plants, the elements, the animals are not confused. So it's for sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not confusing. So where is the breakdown? It's in humanity, of course. We still can't get it right. But that's why I love scripturally organic, culturally unmodified, because it's getting it right, straightening us out, making us stand up in our doctrine and actually understand what God said in the beginning. In the beginning, God, and we kind of get stuck there. God what? He made the heavens and the earth. He, he, in the beginning, was the word. After that, we don't even know. In fact, when we go back to the origins of this in before the garden, we find out we're confused about that. So what have we been learning as Christians? That's the question. But it really doesn't matter. At this point, it's about what can we do to get it right. And that's why I am honored and privileged to introduce this evening, once again, Dr. Paula Price, an apostle who is truly demonstrating the work of apostleship, which is confronting the culture and doctrines of devils and demons, whether they're in flesh or not, coverage showing up in animals, in art, in fashion, in music, in movies, in churches, and in straightening us out, just like the Apostle Paul did. And, you know, praying for her always, as the Apostle Paul, praying for him always. He said, pray for me always. And we pray for her always as well in jumping out. So tonight we're going in to straighten out some more error to set us, the yes, and as Mr. Roman said, going all the way through, stepping heavy because we have been on flaky Christianity. That's the only reason it's heavy is because we've been on flaky. But, see, let me stop now and pass this on to Dr. Price. I love it. Well, you know, I'm always excited, and I love my team. And and it's also good to hear how your team is getting it, you know, because we need to know. We, we need to know what are you hearing, what are you getting, what are you receiving. Often I say that when I'm doing training. Sometimes my – Students get irritated. I'm like, so what did you get from that? 
But, you know, Ashley, I have to ask, because people hear things differently because of their state of mind, because of what they believe, what they feel, what they want, what they don't want. People hear things differently. They do, and, and you don't know what they're hearing until you ask them. You know, and I certainly don't want you to get out in public and tell people that you, what you heard, and you heard it kind of a little bit askew, yeah, it's kind of too late. A little skewed. You know, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, we're hearing, we're, we're, what do we get? You know, I mean, we got what God gave us, and then our problem is mixture. Today, I'm talking about the mix. I'm going through some of the the mixture that got us where we are, you know, the mixture that made us think we had Jesus, and, well, we thought we did, but maybe we didn't have the Jesus we needed. So we're going to talk a little bit about the mixture because I think that's important. I think it's very important that we understand it, and it's important that we realize that the mix, what we have done in terms of mixing, and God talks about that a lot. Did you know that, Ashley? Yes. Talk about. I, I know because I've, you know, been talking now. Okay, there you go. So I'm going to go to the, I'm going to plug up the screen. So I'm going to get the screen right. How about that? Yeah. Hi, Periscope. Hi, Facebook. Hello, Team King. We are family. Team Supreme. That is us. Yeah. Team Supreme. Hi. I'm waving. See, I'm glad you came. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that we're on this journey. We're on a great journey, people. And I want us to get through the whole, the whole thing. I want us to get to the end of the journey. You know, I don't want us to get to the end of the line and they say, oh, well, actually, you know, that's not going to work. <laughs> actually, you can't get off here because, well, you didn't belong here or you did not catch the right train. I always like it when you get on an airplane and they say, I love it when they say, it's one of my favorite things. They say, um, this plane is going to Dallas. Now, if Dallas is not your destination, <laughs> I love it when they tell me, door shut, truck's gone, engine running, air don't come on. If Dallas is not where you want it to go or head, okay, you need to get off now. I'm like, but didn't you just lock the door? Yes. Yeah. coming. <laughs> when you think I need to stay on now? But that's what we're doing here with Scripturally Organic Christianity. I always like to begin with a reminder, just so we remember how we began this thing and where we're going. We started this with my, my wonderful book. Yay. Yes. So you all know, if you're a pastor, teacher, evangelist, five-folder, if you're a trainer and educator or a prophetic one, you want to get this book. It is ABCs of Apostleship is how we started the journey, how it all began. And it talks about that this is apostleship from God to you. It's wonderful that we have so all these meetings and sessions, roundtables, think tanks, thought tanks, and all of those kinds of things to understand apostleship as apostles. But now we must bring it to you, and we must break it down to you. We are also addressing the fact that often I'm told that this is too deep for you. You know, you all, you know, I, I just keep thinking, I don't know if I would want my parents to say that, as, as, that I'm, you know, I'm a teenager or whatever, and, and, and to constantly imply I'm not smart. I think that the implication that the church isn't smart is probably not the most flattering thing we can say about you all. I don't think so, you know, and I think making you feel good about us telling you're not smart 
is almost like some sort of manipulation because you, you want to be smart in everything. You want to be smart in your sports scores. Uh, don't tell me. I know who scored that last point. And go fight and give us sports records. You want to be smart in your fashion and in who made what, what designer did this and who is that. You want to be smart in your money or at least how to take care of your bills. I mean, you think about it. This is a smart society. We're in a smart era. Why are we okay with constantly saying you are not smart? Well, you know, my people, that's too deep for my people. Then you need to kind of let some water out or, or give them some floaties or something, but let's not keep people in the same place. Can you imagine somebody saying that? That's why I often use the, uh, the um, example of the school teacher. If you're a fifth grader, then you're, a fifth, and if you're in a fifth grade church, then don't get upset because all you get is a fifth grade doctrine and fifth grade doctrine, gospel. You know, and if your church is a fifth grade church, then you have to ask yourself one of three things. Number one, is this church where you ought to be? I always like that one. Number two, is this is this leader where they ought to be? Because most times the leaders are right where they ought to be, and you're the one that needs to, need to get promoted. Teachers get promoted every year. You do. Students do. And then the third thing is, why are you comfortable staying in the same place for 15, 20, 30 years? That is not, that's on you. And so your, your leaders, whoever they might be, are talking about, well, you know, we can't talk about apostleship because, you know, it's just too deep. Well, we can't do this because that's too deep. Well, I don't go to Dr. Price because she's too deep. Are you kidding me? I'm using of, the, it, ye, he, uh, the same English words that you've listened and everything else. Some of you all have read the whole Harry Potter, Harry Potter series, gone in and read the whole, you know, whatever, um, Tolstoy and how? Lord of the Rings. You've even read the New, the New Earth or um, Ecuador. You read all of that stuff, and you're still allowing people to say that this Jesus Christ is too deep. Because if he's too deep for you to learn, is he, is he too deep for you to reign with? So I'm going to need you all not to, not to be comfortable with that. I'm asking you. I'm just asking you because it's, I think it's unfortunate. Every time I hear a leader say that, these leaders are happy to say, I have unintelligent members. My church is made of unintelligent Christians. I have unenlightened Christians. I have uneducated Christians. I have not smart Christians. You realize that when you make those statements, the statement is saying something about you. Oh, yes. Are you all still with me? Hi. And your leader, no, we don't bring her in because she's too deep. My people can't handle that. Shame on you that your people can't handle it and you've had them for 10, 15, 20 years. Shame on you that they are locked in one level of God and can't go forward. Then they go and face the crises of life, and they got to go and leave you to get that crisis settled because they never learned it from you. They have to go to somebody else, but I'm not have to go over here because, you know, i got this cancer report. I, I need somebody who can reach God. I, I need to understand what's going on. I made so-and-so got, you know, that one thing, but the poor little Syrophoenician woman, she had all the rabbis and all of those religious leaders, and when and her daughter was bound by a devil, she had to go find Jesus. Let me go find the new minister who got the next level. And why do you think everybody followed him? They didn't follow him because he was just a new guy. They followed him because he was getting results. And he was getting the results that they, they were going to their own spiritual leaders for and not getting. Their lives changed with him. Their hope changed. Their faith changed. Their energy changed. They had a clean home and a clean heart. They got to know their God. You realize how many of you are walking around here saying, well, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so, and so I guess God doesn't want me to know anymore. If he didn't, he wouldn't have told you. We'd still be with the, with the knock, knock, knocks on the rocks. So 
I want you to stop being okay with your leaders telling you that this is too deep. You don't need to know that. That's taking you too far up. The word is the word. There are 66 books in this Bible, and it's still only an excerpt to all that we can know about God. Paul said in Hebrews 6, he said, I have a lot of things that I could teach you and tell you all about Melchizedek. Somehow or another, Melchizedek is the it, it of it. You know, he is like the one. And I guess because he is heaven's, um, you know, principal priest under Jesus Christ. So he is one, you know, kind of like that. Jesus is the high priest. He would be the chief one, I guess. And so um, if we wanted to make a distinction. But he said, but I can't tell you because you're still needing baby food, baby food. Why? You still need us to tell you again the first principles of Christ. No, 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 no. Not everybody. I cannot believe the whole body of Christ cannot be smart enough to understand what this man left in the earth. I refuse to believe that. I, I don't think I'm, I'm alone. I really don't. I think God's got smart people. I think he's got wise people. And I think he has hungry sheep who don't know they're hungry. See, you're restless, but you don't know that's spiritual hunger. You don't know that's a hunger for Christ. You're bored, but you don't know that's hunger. You're frustrated. You're dissatisfied. You're antsy when you're in church. You get irritated because you're hungry, because you're ready for a good meal. You, It's time for you to come off the milk, come off the pavlum, come off the whatever they call it today, and it's time for you to eat solid food. And so I do this because I refuse. And, if, and every time somebody said it to me, I said, but these people hold down PhDs, doctors, engineers. They run in countries. They run in cities and states. They're handling amazing volumes of knowledge and information to do their job every day. What is that saying to us, us about our God? What are we telling them about our God, that he's dumber than their job? And yet they need to trust him to get through life. This was so many mixed signals. We send so many contradictory statements, so many. Are you all hearing me? Are you following me on this? Because it's important that you get this. This is not an indictment of who did what to whom. This is about you. This is not about your leaders. How they might be situated right where they are, and you're the one that didn't want to leave fifth grade. You're the one that didn't want to leave the sixth grade. You're the one that didn't want to leave your friends behind. You're the one that didn't want to get promoted from your favorite teacher. This is not about them. This is about you, the sheep. And it's time for you to know when it's time for you to go to the next level because life is going on. Why do we need to know this? Sometimes why do we need to know all of this stuff? Because God has an entire plan written out in his word and in creation to bring the world and humanity to their appointed end. That end is not a smooth pavement down a front highway. That end is rocky, it's troublesome, it's perilous, and all of those kinds of things. And it's going to happen whether you're ready or not. And it's taking you all out. You all, it's taking you out. It's eating you up. It's taking out your families. It's taking out your jobs, your hope. It's taking out your bodies, your marriages, your relationships. It's taking out your careers. You're losing more than you're gaining, and you've been with this man called Jesus all this time. Doesn't that bother you? And if it doesn't, why not? Why doesn't it bother you that you have sown all you sown, given, surrendered, sacrificed, followed, run here and there, chasing a God that's not keeping you? No wonder you're disillusioned. 
And God is who he is. So God is saying, learn me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly at heart. This is it. He said, come unto me. Isn't that funny? He said, come unto me. And he's telling you to come. But there's a piece that we never hear. He said, and learn of me. He said, because you will find rest unto your souls. Soul rest is in Christ. So here we are. You're going to all these meetings. You're going to Bible study. You're going to fortune on books and tapes and CDs and, and you know, styluses and abacuses and all of that stuff because, you know, we go back. And you're saving it. And it's all a little shrine in your life. And you still like, but who is God? But what is the Lord saying? Are you kidding? That is not how we do. I'm telling you, I don't have any questions about God or his world or his creatures or any of those things because I made it my business to know him. God says in Scripture over and over again, know him in all of his glory. Know him in his fullness. Know him through Jesus Christ. Know him in the knowledge and resurrection of the Christ. You know him at the cross. Know him. He says it over and over again. And what is it we don't know after 15, 25 years in God? Him. Him. If it doesn't come in a fortune cookie or a Chinese noodle, we don't want it. Too much. Because you've been talked into that. You don't believe it. You wouldn't want a job to do that. You wouldn't want that for your own children's education and development. You would never stunt your children's growth like that. You would never hinder their ability. You would never squash their intelligence and their brilliance. You would not do it to yourself. You wouldn't do it to your children. And yet you're letting it happen to you. If your teacher, if any one of your kids tell you come and write a letter, I'm sorry, but little Becky is not going to go and be promoted this year. I'm telling you, you taking off work. You put, I mean, you're, you're, you, I mean, you got it on. You're gonna go. You're not gonna hinder my child. You're not gonna impede my child. You're not gonna keep my kid back. How many of you would say, well, that's what they said. Uh-uh. And even if you know that Becky hasn't done any homework, you know she's not doing this, she's not doing. But you don't want your child impeded. You don't want her held back. Why is it that it's okay for you to be held back in Christ and still got to fight big Christ and big Christ battles and big Christ devils and big Christ prophecies and big Christ apocalypses? You say, they're not going to soften because you didn't learn. They're just going to take you out. Why am I having this conversation with you like this? Because you need to know it's on you. It is on you to be brilliant in God and to want it and to know it. It's on you. You don't want your own, you don't want your children bringing you home failing report cards. Some of you all would, would uh, yell at your kids for getting a C. And yet you keep giving Jesus D's and F's. Why is it okay? Because we're, we're in big bodies? Because we certainly aren't mature. Because then we'd be of the measure and stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I teach like this because I, I, I was very serious about my kids. I believed in nurturing my natural children. I did not believe in feeding them, keeping them with playtime things. They did not have a whole lot of play games. They had a very intelligent games, educational games. They had one fun toy, the end. 
You better like it because everything else is, is because you're going to be an adult. And I didn't do it. And when God trusted me with his sheep, I don't feed them like that. I do not I treat them like them. I treat my natural children. I give them the best. I stretch them. I challenge them. I test them. I grill them. I play games with them. I do the exact same thing to make them able to contend in this world in their Christianity. I never, I, I don't, I never did. I would not, mm-mm, can't do it. The people who didn't want it, they went back to, you know, playland, babyland, childland, kiddieland, kiddie pool. I don't know, but I would not do that. And these are the, you are the same parents who want your children to get into good colleges. Oh no! If you don't do this, you won't get into good school. If you don't do that, you won't get accepted here or there. And but yet, Jesus feels the exact same way about you. You are His children. He wants you brilliant. He wants you powerful. He wants you swift and keen. He wants you sharp. Do you know there's a reason why he said that he wants us to be wise as serpents? Oh, come on. Get hit it. Yeah, y'all missed that, didn't you? I had to go. I'm going to give you another one because I know you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> to God be the glory. If you ever notice, we have been told to be, Jesus said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And what have we gotten a PhD in? Harmless as doves. We got, we got. I mean, expertise in being harmless as doves. We're so harmless, honey, we are mowed over. We are like roadkill right now. But did you not know he began that statement with wise as serpents? Have you ever, as pastors, teach? Okay, here's a challenge. Challenge, challenge. Challenge. I got a challenge. You want a challenge? Here's a challenge. Dig out that statement and figure out why, if, if Satan is all that aberrant to God and all of those things, he's his adversary and all of that, why did he tell you to be wise as serpents? What is that or in that serpent's wisdom that is useful for the righteous sons and daughters of light? Challenge. Let's see if you can come up with some answers. Because we don't talk about that. You're talking about, we're, we're talking about deep um, um, Bible teaching is too cerebral for you, but the serpent was so cerebral, he took a nation. He took a planet. And it wasn't his first time. And Jesus, his maker, Oh, come on. Use that species as a model of wisdom that's keen enough to play in his lane and to play on his level. Hmm. Are they strong with me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, because you've mastered bit, you got that devil, that Holy Spirit part, you got that. Be wise as serpents. Why did he say, why did the Messiah, the son of the living God, who had to kick that old serpent out of his world, still use that model? Why is that? Now, the unbelievers know it, but why don't the saints? Yeah, you're having fun over there, aren't you? What did we learn this wrong? Okay. I want you to think about that. We'll talk about it. Did we get any comments yet on this? Because I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I 
my God's good. Yes. Well, you can't be wise like that without training, and you certainly can't get it. If he says be wise as a serpent, you're going to need to be smarter than a worm. Okay, let's see. Cassandra's daughter said to, to move at the right time and know when to move. Great. That's a great answer. That's, that's a good one. Let's start. Anybody else? Um, Take it in. Marquita says, so we are not deceived. So we are not deceived. What else? Be wise as serpents. Why did he tell leaders especially to be cunning, to be keen, to be smart? Because God wrote in Isaiah, the enemy is not supposed to outwit us. Well, I think of that like uh, Daniel, how he had to be ten times better. That's what? The serpent's religion. Yes, yes. In the entire institution, mm-hmm. Paul Price, the president. <laughs> <laughs> they keep putting me. <laughs> I know it is. He's going to say it. If nobody, he's going to put me there. I'm going to be there in the eternity, baby. When I get in eternity, I'm going to be right there at the head of state. Okay, Colleen said the servant was observant of Eve before he approached her. Uh huh. Very smart, Colleen. Deborah, like that. Deborah says, so that you will always be aware. Renisha says, serpents know how to stay hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until it's time to strike. That's right. Woo-hoo. Okay, true Lafayette says to learn Satan's tactics to outsmart him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, why is that? Is it very interesting? Yes. That's very interesting because you need the Holy Spirit to be wiser then. You know, when you read about them, by the time we got to Ezekiel, uh, Daniel's reputation for wisdom had gone through the roof. You know, we talk about that. He said, but you know, but, but the king of tired. So, hey, so you, cl- you claim you're wiser than Daniel because he had become the then known world's standard for wisdom. What did he do? See, you got to come in June, and I'll tell you the answer. Come on, what's in June? Tell us why we need to come. Our annual, are you ready? Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's every year, and we're going to talk about that. One of the reasons why you fall into mess and don't know how you got there is because you stayed home on wisdom class. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is how all this works. Wisdom is the first thing God, what did he say? God captured. He created formed wisdom before he did anything else. You need to find out why. <laughs> Deborah says she's coming this year. Come on, Deborah. Coming this year. Come on, Deborah, and bring some friends. Hallelujah. Because you you understand, I keep telling, and I say this to my folks because I'm so I'm so serious. I've told them over and over again. I do not want uneducated members because they can't keep your work. They'll keep growing. They'll fill your seats, but they won't keep your work. The dates for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute are June 21st through the 24th. They're asking, when is it? June, go to www.drpaulaaprice.com. Right when you get to the site, information is going to pop up on your screen, and you click that picture, and it will take you to the event site with all the details for registration, location here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. And, and you know what? Bring friends. I, oh, did I say that? Because I want you to bring some friends. Bring some friends. 
because it's important for you to understand. You know, we have people relocating here to Tulsa. Why? Because they want that wisdom. They know wisdom is the principal thing. They know that there's, this is knowledge. They want a cerebral kingdom. They want to be smarter than the world. They want to be wiser than the children of darkness in this generation and not just wait to get our smarts in heaven. You know, we act like actually we're going to get to heaven and we're just going to go down a brain aisle. Well, actually, we, I think we actually, we get to heaven and we don't need our brains. Well, yeah, you know what? And we couldn't, that could well be it. You no, know, it's like, oh, no, I just can't. What, what do people say? They can't wait to get to heaven and leave all this behind. Isn't that the truth? Uh-huh. And we're going to walk around heaven all day doing what? I can't tell you. I don't want to walk anyway all day. I want to do something. But I just, I felt like, <laughs> I do. I mean, you know, we have to start, stop. Stop thinking like, okay, this is the great getaway. This is not the great getaway. You know, God has a reason for doing what he's doing. So I'm going to go to the screen. So why did I have this conversation? Because I want you to understand why I'm teaching at this level. I know some of you all don't have a clue about what I'm saying, but what I do know is that the Lord will give you dreams, the Lord will give you vision, and the Lord will give you wisdom and understanding because he always does. But you cannot call yourself a kingdom and, and call yourself a minister and a leader, and you have a, you're happy to be fifth grade. You'll be a fifth grade teacher. You're a fifth grade trainer. You're a first grade trainer. You're a seventh grade trainer, ninth grade trainer. And let's just because that's what you're saying. My people, I keep it like that. Then if you keep it like that, that's because that's where they are. And so the whole idea is let's not, well, we don't want to upset them. Stretch up. You know, when your kid didn't want to go to school, boy, you better get up. Get up out that bed. My mind, I'm, I'm dropping out. No, you're not. You're going to school. I'm going to tell you. Why? Because you know you cannot survive without knowledge and wisdom and intelligence. And we're not surviving in the spiritual realm for the same reasons. Look at you. You're having fun, aren't you? Yeah. Who's that? That's one of my buddies. Okay, ready? Ready. So we're going to go back. We left off on this last week. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, we're left off. I'm, I'm, I'm back, Ashley. Yeah, I need a phrase break. We left off last week talking about scripture, organic, culturally unmodified, and we looked at God's words to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33, 6 through 8. Look, I'll bring restoration and heal. Can you see it? Is it good? How about that? Is that better? Beautiful. Look, I'll bring restoration and healing to it, and I'll heal them. I'll reveal to them an abundance of peace and faithfulness. I'll restore the security of Judah and Israel and rebuild them as they were at first. I'll cleanse them from all their sin that they committed against me, and I'll forgive all their sins that they committed against me and by which they rebelled against me. Now, so God is saying when you, when you, you and God can be at odds, and it does not have to be, you know, this is dealing with a national issue. But there are some words there that I highlighted, highlighted that I think is important. Number one, the one word I didn't highlight is reveal. That without revelation, you cannot be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There has to be a revelation, and with the revelation comes a realization. You've got to realize not only how you got where you are, what it did to God, but why God didn't get involved. You know, when I go to lay hands on people to get free or lay hands on them for deliverance, um, 
do you, I would say to God, okay, so God, what's this? And God will invariably say, oh, no, this, uh-uh, this is not that. This is just over here. Yeah, this is going back to the so-and-so and so-and-so. And see, so many preachers are so enthusiastic with, with the positive message, the good news message, you know, that they keep telling you that all is well. And you believe them because we are training you not to heal yourself. See, many deliverances you don't need if you will heal yourself. And how do you do that? Okay, so God, if, if, let's, let's take it as a physical example. If you, a physical example, you go out to dinner, you went to a buffet, and you had everything on it you could have. You went home, now you've been at this buffet three, four, five times, there's not a problem, you've never had a problem before, but this night, you're sick. You can't sleep, you can't stay out of the bathroom, and, 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 you're, and you're sick. And so you finally get all of that under control, but you still feel terrible. The first thing you say is, what did I eat? What did I do? You always ask that question, but when it comes to your Christianity, you don't want to know where your missteps are. You want to say, I am perfect as a Christian because I'm born again of the Spirit of God. No, the Holy Spirit of God is perfect. He is perfecting you. So in order to perfect you, he must do some very interesting things. He must keep going into the, the system and he keep bringing up that new creation uh, code for that eternal being and, and, and weaving it throughout your soul. But it, it, it could go faster if you're honest. The first thing you have to do is read your Bible because even if God tells you, you're not going to believe him and you're not going to hear it because you've got nothing to bear witness. If for no other reason than for you to have a tangible witness, you need to read your Bible. When I first started reading the Word of God, he was able to tell me different things. And I've got to tell you, i got most of my answers out of Proverbs. I realized that wisdom is truly the principal thing. And I would get all of these answers and, and all of these deep insights when I was coming into God out of Proverbs. And then when he was really wanting to get hard with me, we always went to James and Jude. I, I, I don't know if they were because they were his brothers or what. I don't know, but they always had the answer. But my point to you is start, stop acting like a victim. It is okay for you to self-treat yourself in God. Now, we don't need you to self-medicate out here, but you know what we still need to do. You know, they can tell you about self-medications all day long, and there's Walgreens on every corner full of what? Medications that you buy and take yourself. And, and they're so cute. They put the little, that little disclaimer on there, so tiny you can't read it. Please see your physician. Right. But if you wanted me to see my physician first, it wouldn't have been on the show. So it's on you. So when you have issues, number one, get a revelation of what God says is the issue or the cause. Because sometimes it's something you did, other times it's things you permitted, sometimes it's, a, I mean, you think about it, you go and clean somebody's house or go and clean out your desk and get a paper cut. You don't say, ooh, that devil cut my finger. You don't let it bleed all over the place. You do something about it. You can do something about your soul sickness. It's in God's words. So he's saying, I will reveal to them an abundance of peace. So God, everything is by revelation. If you want peace with God, you've got to move into the revelation. And faithfulness, God is going to show you how faithful he is so that you'll have a model for being faithful to him. He said, I will restore the security of Judah. I love this. Restore the, because when, you are, when you're out of sorts with God, you're scared of everything. You're afraid of your shadow. You're afraid of the, 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 everything. Things drop, you jump 10 feet off the floor. You're out of sorts with God. 
You don't feel safe. You don't feel secure in your faith. You don't feel secure in your Christianity. You don't feel secure in your world. You don't feel secure in your house. Because the, the more you are in sync with God's way, the more you are, are literally a replicant of him, the, the more his boldness, his confidence, his security, his stability begins to take over. And that is why you, the, the more the word that you're in, the stronger you are. You can, you can see truth, and so you can speak it. And then he talked about, he said, I will build them. You know, sin is a demolisher. The reason God allows sin and classified it and uses it so that it will demolish the wicked. Sin is meant to demolish the wicked. Salvation is meant to rebuild the righteous. Sin is on purpose a demolisher. God meant that. He meant to destroy. He tells you that. Blows that hurt. Take away, cleanse away the depths of sins, you know. Um, by his stripes I am healed. And I will be, he will give many stripes. Why do you think he's saying that? Because they demolish it. Because a broken soul is a moldable soul. He said, I will cleanse them from all they sin that they have committed against me and forgive them. And until you get to that place of forgiveness, healing won't come. And you can't get a forgiveness that you didn't ask for. A lot of people are operating on, it's not my fault, it's the devil's fault, it's not my fault, it's that sin nature, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Do you know that there is not a scripture in the Bible that God says you are a sinner after he saves you? He says you sin and you are sinning. He never calls us a sinner again because he calls us sons and daughters. Now, I may be an imperfect daughter. I'll go with that. I got my missteps and whatever, but I am not a sinner. I ne- you will never hear Dr. Price preach that because it's not scriptural. That is somebody's way of saying, you know what, the reason that I can't move up in God is because his work didn't really work. Man, that, I, mean, I mean, that blood was really great, but it really didn't do the job. Oh, wow, that Holy Ghost in me, man, I mean, he's like a you know, 50, 50, 60, 40, you know, 70, I don't know now. I don't believe that. I don't. I believe that my members remember sin. I believe that I need to retrain them just like I need to retrain anything else. If you're going on a diet, if you're going to change, you're going to become organic, you need to retrain your whole makeup, your whole physiological self, from appetite to medications to imaginations. All of that has to be retrained. We just not, did not teach you how to retrain yourself for redemption. It's a retraining of you. What do you think when he's talking about transform your mind, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you would transform yourself, that you would manage your and control your members? You go on a diet. I mean, you first thing you want to do is clean everything out to the refrigerator and all of that, but because you don't retrain yourself, you regret it and go back to the garbage, get it. Man, you know, I, I really want to, I really want, you know, I want to, okay, two seconds more. Oh. But you know that you have to make changes, and you know that you have to continue to enforce those changes until they become your person. And so you have got to get to a point that you stop letting people preach these, it ain't your fault, it's our devil. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Now, he has a lot that he can do, but all this glory we've given him, he's not earning. He is not earning. You can fix yourself. You, you can heal yourself by simply dealing with the issues that, that tied God's hands up when it came time for you, for Satan to come and test you, or you did not move those weak 
belief system, weak appetites, and all of those fraud parts of you. You didn't address them. You didn't. You know, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. When, I mean, the enemy comes, and I, when I realize that's who it is, I'll, I'll tell him in a minute, no, I'm not doing that. Because if, if, when you come in the flesh, I tell you, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I let him, I'm not doing that. Now, God, you are a witness between us. I have told his devil, I am not doing it. I will not have it. That is not me. That's not my thought. I'm telling you, he'll come to me with the weak feet. And I said, I'm not going to cry your tears. So I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it because I got in this thing to be a good Christian, not a sinner saved by grace. I didn't get into this to stay a sinner. I didn't get into this to walk around and say, I'm a sinner. Forgive me, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. Either I'm saved or I'm a sinner. I'm not going to walk both sides of the road. So nobody, when they tell me that, well, are you saying, I don't care what you think I'm saying. I'm telling you that as much as I worked on being a good wife to my husband and a good wife to, and a good mother to my children and a good minister to my sheep and my flock, I worked twice as hard to be a good saint to Jesus Christ. And don't tell me it's not about works because it is. Everything's about works. Everything. You sneeze and your and, and, and your nose runs. You you lay there. You have to go through the work of going to get a piece of tissue and wiping your nose. Everything is about work. We just need to understand what kind of works God's talking about. Works of righteousness, fruit of righteousness. Stop letting people tell you it's okay to slip and slide and and, and nip and dip. Stop that. It's not that you don't need to do that. You don't have to do that. You can prove to the world that the cross works. You can show and model your Christianity, and you don't have to model it after Buddha, and you don't have to model it after Allah, and you don't have to model it after Jaya, and you don't have to model it after witches, and you don't have to model it after devils. You can model it after creator. You trade it up, so look like it. You don't have to do that, and I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm for solid lines because you know what? I am. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know I want to strut his stuff. I'm going to wear him big. I'm going to talk big about him. I'm so excited that he let me do that. I don't know what to do. You, you, sit, there, you sit there and let people cuss you. I'll tell you all this filth and you hide your Christianity in, under your shoe. I'm telling you, you decide how good a Christian you are. Devils don't decide that. You decide that. Life doesn't decide that. Circumstances don't decide that. Appetites don't decide that. Desires, lusts, and passions, those are decisions you make every day. And you don't make them because you want to, oh, well, I just want to suffer for Jesus. You make them because you understand that he's the best there is and you're sporting the best. I have no appetite. When I tell you I don't wish, I, my folks are with me. You never heard me say it. I don't wish I had never gotten saved. I don't wish I had never met. Are you kidding me? I don't ever wish that. I'm trying to get more to man. I'm trying to tell you, you better watch out. I think you, you ever get in the flesh, I'm all over you, Jesus. You need to know you will not have a moment's peace. I'm going to be all over him. I'm going to be his other skin. That's how much I appreciate him. But that's how much I admire him. I admire who Jesus Christ really is. Like she said, not that thing we heard. Not that stuff we're hearing every week. I admire the man I fellowship with. I admire the God I pray to. I admire the Savior that I worship. I admire the sovereign that I bow down to. I admire him, how he does business. I admire that, that brain that just never stops. I asked God one day, so God, is it everything you know? Is it what? He said, whatever there is to know, I know it. 
He said, and whatever it is that you all have never yet known, I know that too. And I'm telling you, God can tell you a parasite got in your body. The thing is so microscopic you can't see it. But he can tell you it's there. But if you walk closely with him, he'll tell you. If not, he'll just let you live life out. He's very personal, very personal and personable. God is, I mean, he loves fellowship, loves communion, loves friendship. He loves it. He loves celebrations, loves them, loves them. I'm telling you because I know it. There's nothing, that, nothing here that makes me regret. I don't regret this one bit, and I'm not trying to figure out how the other half lives. I already know that. I left the other half. I'm not trying to keep up with the unsaved Joneses. And I want you to think differently. And see, people like me need to tell you this often so that you know I give you permission to be good at Jesus Christ. I give you permission to say I'm good. I'm a good Christian because I'm good to Jesus, and I'm good to Jesus because I, com- I intended to be. I never, ever intended to slip. Now, do I slip or do I fall? Yes, I do. Not in the way y'all think, but I have some things I wish that we hadn't done. But you know what I tell God? I said, well, God, I was blindsided on that one, Lord. I'm shaman, Jesus, I'm shit. Thank you, Lord. And when he tells me, I told you what to say. When he tells me, I repent, I tell, and my repentance starts like this. I say, God, I stand corrected. Thank you for correcting me in this issue. And from this point on, I will cease to do that, and in its place, I will do this. And I thank you. And, Lord, I just I repent for that fall. I repent for letting that get past me. I repent for letting that get out of my control. I repent for not maintaining myself. I repent, God, for treating your salvation trashy. I repent, God, for not seeing that coming. I repent, God, for not praying and being ahead of that. Oftentimes I tell God, I pray to stay ahead of my sin. And I repent for not being ahead of that, God. I'm sorry that I let that go by. Watch your step just like he watches his. 
And I, just, I said, oh, God. And when you trip, trip, trip over something, what do you say? Man, I, I don't know why I didn't see that. But that's how I treat God about everything. God, I should have seen that. And I don't blame it on everybody. Why did not say, God, I should have seen that? And I repent. I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, thank you. Strengthen me. God, or even if, and if it goes on, because sometimes, you know, you're like busy doing this and that, and God's trying to talk to you, uh, and he'll come in. I said, Jesus, please forgive me. Lord, I said, God, I don't even know what I was thinking. That's ridiculous. I treat him like he is. He who comes to God must believe that he is. So I don't pray to him like he isn't. And I don't pray to him like he shouldn't. I don't even pray to him like I shouldn't. I pray to him like we are partners together in life. Jesus Christ is my life partner. He is how I get through life, and I treat him like that. And, and there are times that he'll say things to me, and I'll say, wow, thank you for letting me know that, God. Ooh, ooh, thank you. I'll talk to him like that because he gives me advanced warning. Y'all make prophecy all deep and spooky. It's advanced knowledge, advanced warning. And I train my people to do it. They'll tell you I train them to do that. I train them to, wait, hold on. Mm-mm, we don't do it like that. I like being a Christian. I'm good at it because I intend to be. I, don't tell me I can't say I'm a good Christian. I'm good at being a Christian because I plan to be, because I made up my mind to be good to Jesus Christ. He's my sugar. You're going to call him your sugar and then step on him. I'm, that's not who we are. I love our relationship. I love how we commune. I love the way we talk. I love how he teaches me anything I want. Made me brilliant. Gave me all these genius things. You, the things that God has enabled me to do, I'm stunned. And I thought about it. And he said something to me. He said, you know what? You're getting all of this. I said, no, Jesus, I really don't. Because I was just thinking, you know, wow, God, this is really great. This is a lot. You know what he said? He said, you can't get that close to me and not become like me. He said, I can't hide everything from you. He said, there's some things I can't keep back when you get too close. Come on, King Jesus. Come on. Now, you know that. Did you hit your table? You better get a cloth on that. Get your own cloth. Hit it. And so they keep asking me how to, because if you stay close with him, baby, you get more than a splash and a whiff. He's amazing. And I enjoy it. The thing is, you have been taught that Jesus is tough, that he's hard, that he's difficult, he's unpleasant. No, Jesus is wonderful. Your flesh is rugged. And it's difficult. It doesn't like his world because it's not used to it. It's your job to convert your flesh. It is your job to make yourself compatible with the Holy Ghost. It's your duty to do it. It's your privilege and honor to become compatible with the Godhead. That is your job. That's not Jesus' to-do only. He gives you the resources, the equipment, and the motivation, but it's you who have to carry it through to the finish. Isn't he sugar? He's a sugar. And I'm telling you, I love it. I love being a Christian. I'm good at it. I love Jesus Christ because he's good at it, and we us good together, we're awesome. And I don't want from him. When I don't hide, I'm not hiding when I No, I don't. Yeah, God. When, as a matter of fact, I used to. Well, I mean, when you're young, you do that because you don't know any better. You know, you're still in your Adamic mode. What was Adam? Adam did something wrong and he ran. But you know what? When, it, when, when Paul did something wrong, he ran to the Lord. Okay, we need to fix this. And if it keeps happening, I'm very honest about it. Okay, Jesus, I'm going to need you to work on this because this has got to stop in my life. This has got to cease. I'm going to need you to end this in my life. Sometimes it took a week. Sometimes it took a second. A few things took a decade. But I never 
ever gave up on the work that I knew he was doing in me. And I really, I, I wish this was helping you. Is this helping you all? Because this is, this is where we are, guys. Mature apostles will help you mature. I'm supposed to teach you how to move and grow in the measure and stature of Jesus Christ, not just theologically, not just sermonically. I'm supposed to teach you practically and technically. There's a technical working out of your salvation. I just gave you those examples. I, told, I was going to a movie once, and I told you, I, I, you know, and I was feeling uncomfortable in the movie. It ended up giving me a piece of information I really didn't use. But I was very uncomfortable, and I was sitting there, and God said, how long are you going to sit here and let these people sit here while these people blaspheme me? He's so close to me, he couldn't tolerate it in my vessel. Not because he couldn't tolerate it from me, but he couldn't tolerate it from being in me, being forced to see it and hear it. I, I told her, I said, well, I'm sorry, sweetheart, I didn't know you didn't like it, but you know what? We won't be doing that again. And I didn't. I don't do it anymore. Sorry, just, I won't do it, Lord, all right? Amen. If, that's what, if it bothers you, that's good enough. He shouldn't have to go through hoops to make you justify why something bothers him. And you love somebody, they don't have to go through hoops. I don't put him through all of that. You don't like it, but you don't do it. It's not that big a deal. I have eternal life. I have the privilege of walking and talking with the fullness of the Godhead in me bodily. I have the privilege of traveling and visiting him and him visiting me, and I'm, I'm going to sit there and risk all of that over a movie? I could care less about a movie. And this is not just talk. Ashley is sitting here. She knows me. She can tell you, I don't care. I'm not letting anything come between me and all the girls. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a sweetheart. And all he wants to do is enjoy the works of his hands and enjoy the fruit of his labor. We want to enjoy the fruit of our labor, but we think God ought to just, just tough it out. That's what I feel about him. And I, I pray that this was a blessing to you, because this is where we are. So we'll end it on this note. She said there's another note. Ah. So when you really, when you decide to be a good Christian, that is a decision it starts as a decision. We then move it into a decree, and from a decree, I declare it to be, and then I enact it by behaving by what I just decreed. I behave according to what I just decreed. I said I'm a good Christian. I'm a good Christian. I say I don't smoke. I don't smoke. I say I don't drink. I don't do it. And they ain't made a Christian going to make me feel bad enough about not drinking the devil's booze because I'm free to do so. They ain't built a Christian going to make me feel bad about that. I'm not going to drink Satan's oblations. I'm not doing it. I don't want to. Now, if you want to, that's your business. I'm not going to tell you it's going to send you to hell because it's not. But I'm going to tell you, that's not, I love, this man doesn't like it. I act as if Jesus Christ has got to live my life with me. And I don't want him uncomfortable. And I don't want him unpleasant. I want to be distasteful to him. That's my choice. But I'm telling you the techniques that I use to beat this thing. Because how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And I happen to agree with Jesus Christ's way of life. And I agree with the issues that he's fending off and contending. So I fend off what I can. I cannot fend off the world for him, and I don't pretend to. But what the peace that I'm in charge of and the peace he gives me, oh, yeah, we're going to do Jesus, and we're going to do him right. See, we have all these whole songs. Yeah, we're going to do Jesus. No, but we're going to do him right. Because he's worthy, guys. He's worthy. And, I mean, just worthy. You think of all of the things that God refuses to act on simply because it's in our best interest, even though he must suffer. 
He suffers grief. He suffers frustrations just like we do. But he restrains himself for our best interest because he does not want to do us harm but to do us good. The least we can do is reciprocate by minimizing the frustrations he has to tolerate. Hallelujah. How about that, Prophet? Amen. <laughs> How's my team doing out there? They're chatty tonight. Are they chatty? It's hitting the spot. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. How about you, Periscope? Periscope, awesome. Somebody said, I can just sit under this teaching every day. And you know what? We have ways for you to do That's so. It. It's a wonderful segue. Wonderful segue. We've got, come on, Prophet Ashley, you can do the commercial. Well, come on, girlfriend. Is DrPaulPrice.tv. Yes. www.drpaulprice.tv. You can subscribe, a monthly subscription to this rich teaching at www. DrPaulaPrice.tv. You can watch her things that aren't even on the market anymore. Your old television show, Sunday Sermon. Uh, what else is up? So many things. The prophets. Uh, you have the prophetic chat. Prophetic Ed is coming soon. Uh, the edited prophetic Ed. <laughs> Jesus, well, uh, it's uh, the soul of success. Mm-hmm. I think there's so yeah, many. Yeah, so many. Just go visit. Just subscribe and go visit. Go there and subscribe and and check it out. It is so worth it. I mean, I have people who say, you know what, I have to come on some of these other subscriptions. Thank you, because I got to get this Because one. I need to get this in my life. Thank you, Johnny, for posting that www.drpaulaprice.tv. You won't regret it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that goes without saying at this you point. Won't. You won't. You can hit play and watch them over and over. I had somebody ask me, they thought that every time I uploaded new material, something else went away. I said, uh-huh. no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That's what we are adding to. Mm-hmm. Adding to, adding to, adding to, and just adding to it. And, and trust me, you're talking about a lot of years, three decades of wisdom and training and experience, and you get to watch the journey that God took me on mm-hmm. to make me into who I am. Look at her. Stop that. And I, so I really want you to get this, but the most important thing in my heart, I said to someone recently, I said, you guys need to recognize I am past that stage. <laughs> I'm past that stage of needing you to do it my way because my ego hurts. I don't know. I want the best for you because I know Jesus is the best. And I'm not talking out of somebody who just got saved Monday. I'm talking about somebody who's been saved and walking with the Lord since And I've never regretted it. I've never resented it. I've never left him. I've told because I, I got in it to be with him. I didn't get in it to mess over him. I got in it to be with him. And I still intend to be with him. I find that Jesus Christ and I are very compatible, but I worked at becoming compatible with him because he can't change. So it was on me to change. And I will give you that, and I'll leave you with that tonight. Listen, <clears throat> Thursday morning, Paula Price Show, 11 a.m. Central. Catch me then. And go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and get bunches of stuff, the PAQs, the prophetic assessments, back online, guys. You need to get there. They tell me that they're loading them up, so you're going to be able to just dive into it and hang so we can place you in God. And, again, Dr. Paul, I'm telling you, this is a great thing that we have, guys. Let's not treat it shabbily. God bless you, and good night.